fulfill me.
so much to be grateful for. We love you, God. Pray for Jim and Pat this morning. God, give them the words. Give them the words. That comfort not be something we chase ever. But that we chase truth. Truth first. God, even against emotion and feeling, that your truth penetrates all things. the same spirit that will raise us to life. And we have to decide, am I going to walk as a good Christian, doing all the good Christian things, and then living my life the way I want to, or am I going to live from a place of breathing? There was a song last Sunday that it said, you know, you're the breath in my lungs. And the Lord said, you aren't, you aren't even understanding what you're saying. And he said, I want you to take a deep breath. And we're going to do that in a minute. I want you to take a deep breath and realize that the breath of God that brought man into creation is right now waiting to breathe in, to fill your spirit, to rise up, to fill your lungs. Because unless you let your lungs be filled 
with the spirit of the living God, you will not be able to discern the times and you will not be able to stand in that which is coming. And you won't be able to touch the people you want to teach, touch because you're holding on to your own way of doing things. Okay. <laughs> and so I want to invite you to do this. If, if you know that you have been, you see, being born again, all it is, is the eternal spirit of God coming back into my spirit and bringing me alive. It's not this, and it's not all the prayer. It's, it's the spirit of the living God coming and living within me. And when he does that, I'm born again. I'm changed. So there's nothing we can say, well, I was born that way. Hogwashed. Yes, we all were born that way. Mm -hmm. But we can be born again. So here's what I want to do. If you know that you have truly experienced the spirit of the living God joining with yours to a born-again experience, I want us all just to begin to, to, take, to, to just take deep breaths, I mean, from the very bottom, and just say, Spirit, I want you to fill my lungs. Holy Spirit, I want you to rise up within me, for you're already there. I won't wait for you to fall anymore. I will walk in who I am. I will walk in who you are. I'm going to breathe deeply with the recognition that you, Father God, have inhabited this place and that I am one with you in heaven and you are one with me here. And the power that you have outflowed from the cross is flowing into me right now if I will choose to humble myself and breathe of your breath. So let's just, let's just take a minute. I mean, it, it may seem weird, but I think we just need to take, a, a lot of times in our ministry sessions, at the end we'll just say, okay, take a deep breath. And it's like when they do, it releases everything that was blocking. And some of you have blockages right now. You have blockages in your heart. You have blockages. And the Lord says, I'm going to break through them if you will start to breathe of the Spirit of God within you. So as, as they play just a little bit or sing or whatever they do, I want you to enter into a new place and just breathe the breath of God that is within you filling your lungs.
I am not what I've done, I am loved unconditionally. I am not loved by the measure of the love that I bring. I am not who I know. I am known by the King of all kings. Jesus, you are Satisfied simply by being who you've always been. You are infinite love and you prove it again and again. Jesus, you are I still have ever 
So I was listening last night to a dream that was being shared about our nation. And there was a place in the dream where there was an angel and two individuals and they were carrying an anecdote 
they knew that people needed it. And as they were walking and they were passing by and they were trying to find places to go and to share what they had, they came to a place and the windows were blacked out and there were just a couple of scratches on the windows that just let a little bit of light out and it let a little bit of light in. When they knocked on the door, it was the church. The church was hidden because they had chosen to be hidden. And when we came to them and they were telling them, we have what you need, we have an anecdote. The church said, we don't want it, go away. You're gonna, we're, you're gonna draw attention to us. We don't wanna be seen. As they closed the door, and they turned to look back. The church took the rollers of black paint and covered what little bit of places on the window allowed the light to come in. And as the two gentlemen and the angel moved on, the angel was showing them that on the property there was a well. And it was the place where they could continue with the antidote like it was there and it was on the land but the people in the church didn't even know it because they all they wanted to do was be hidden don't let anybody see us let us keep doing what we're doing but it was there for them if they chose to go and to seek it out and to search it out so just in this morning and in this moment my heart is like Lord let us never be a church that chooses to be hidden God, that we would be a bright light. If we need to rip the roof off the church so the light can shine, let that be truth about us. That it would not be a place of hiddenness. It would not be a place of pushback of, no, don't come in here. And there's so much confirmation even in, in Travis praying this morning and Pat sharing. That even as Brad and I laid down last night, we were praying before bed. We're just talking about how many things are we blinded to? How many things aren't what they seem because it's what we choose to look at? Because we choose not to look past what our flesh wants and look to the Lord. There is so much for us. So I just pray in this moment as we continue to worship and then we're going to take communion shortly. But as we continue to worship, Lord, I ask that everything that's stale be made fresh. Everything in us, Lord. Every place that we want to keep hidden, Father God, let us hand it to you this morning. We are the church of the living God. And we will proclaim your name. We don't run from darkness we don't hide from the things coming against us. We do choose to cross the line. We stand with you, God. We stand as your people, as your church. Thank you, God.
guys want to come forward and get communion?
as you're coming um, to get the elements, I want to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, Jesus said, when two or more of you are gathered in my name, there I am. And you can ask what he will, and it will be done for you. Then in Matthew 26, he says something else regarding communion. He said, I will not take this cup again until I take it with you anew in the kingdom. This is where we are. This daily life we live is an expression of the kingdom. Now in this week, a lot of things have happened to all of us. And there are needs we have, there's desires we have, there's expectations that were not fulfilled, promises made that were not kept, bad news. Jesus is here. Ask him to supply what you need. him to supply what you need for his promises are true they are yes and amen for each one of you so this morning our heart was to stand for Israel and to take communion over Israel as we take it over ourselves. So I'm going to read Psalm 121. I look up at the vast size of the mountains. From where will my help come in times of trouble? The eternal creator of heaven and earth and these mountains will send the help I need. He holds you firmly in place. He will not let you fall. He who keeps you will never take his eyes off you and never drift off to sleep. What a relief. The one who watches over Israel never leaves for rest or sleep. The eternal keeps you safe and close to him that his shadow is a cooling shade to you. Neither bright light of sun nor dim light of moon will harm you. The eternal will keep you safe from all of life's evils, from the first breath to the last breath you breathe, from this day and forever. Psalm 122.6. This is our heart today. We are asking heaven to grant peace to Jerusalem.
Lord, may you grant peace to Jerusalem, Lord. Lord, that let the compassion, your compassion arise in us, Father God, for your people, for the nation of Israel. Lord, we pray peace over the homes, Father God, over the children's minds and hearts, Lord, who have been affected. Let us not sit here today and just have church because nothing's happening around us. Lord, put your cry in our heart, Lord, for your people. Lord, we ask for safety. We ask for protection, Lord. We ask for movement, Father God, for troops to move in, Father God. Your plan to go into action. Lord, Father God, I ask that eyes would be opened by the, in the terrorists, right? Like, Lord, you can open their eyes. Let them just walk away by the hundreds, confused at what they're even doing. Why are we doing this? just ask for a covering over them, Lord. Keep it at the forefront of our mind, Father God, that it wouldn't just be in this moment, but that as we continue through our day, that we would be drawn back. Lord, we know that victory is ours and we know that victory is theirs, Lord. But we desire to see none perish, Lord. Lord, as we hold the body today, not forget, Lord. If I could be honest for a minute, there's a place where my heart has broke this week, and it's not the first time I've thought about it, but it was just very real this week, that we've got thousands of people that will crowd stadiums and wait to get in line for a football game or a concert. We will watch every piece of news that talks about them, praise their name, but the God, the creator of the universe, isn't given a moment. What are we doing, Lord? Wake your people up. Wake up the church, Lord. Why aren't we on the news? Because we're praising so loudly about what God has done for us. The fame and the glory is his. It's not anyone else's to take. So, Lord, we just repent on behalf of a nation who has forgotten who you are. So as we take communion today,
We ask for the healing that comes through your body for our land, for the church, Lord, for those who are lost and broken that don't know any different. Lord, we don't come from a place of judgment, Father God. We don't want to come with human eyes, Lord Jesus. Lord, we want to go unto the world with your eyes and your heart. So today we stand and we thank you for the healing that comes through your body that was broken for us. You may take the body. as we hold the blood, the precious blood of Jesus Christ that was spilled out willingly, Lord. We plead this blood. We ask for a hedge of this blood to be poured around of protection around Israel, Lord. I plead the blood of Jesus over our nation. Father God, over our hearts and our minds and over our children, over our marriages, Lord, over our school systems, Father God. Father God, your blood is powerful. Your name, the name of Jesus is powerful. So we stand today on your word and your truth. that we are victorious, that you have defeated hell, death, and the grave. And that you are returning. Behold, you will come. And we praise you, Father God, for that. We look forward to the day when we take communion with you, Lord. We thank you for your blood. you are so good and you are so gracious and you are so faithful Lord even when our eyes have been closed and our ears have been closed we just thank you today Lord Jesus that you meet us where we are that you deliver us from the things that we give to you Lord and that your blood washes all those things away in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Amen.
before we leave our worship behind us this morning, let's determine that we don't leave it at all. I think it's fitting that we would just take a moment just to thank God for the healing in our own bodies. Just the forgiveness that has come to our house, the forgiveness that has come into our lives, the goodness of God that exists all around us. So this morning, we just thank you. Even as we sang and worship this morning that the blood of Jesus is enough and Jesus, we just declare that you are enough. Jesus, you are enough for every person, for every salvation, for every life, for every man, woman, and child, for every mother, every father, every son, every daughter, every aunt, every uncle. Jesus, you are enough for the church. You are enough for our city. You are enough for our country. And Jesus, you are certainly enough for this world. Thank you, Jesus. You just say that right where you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we give a hand for our worship team? They are amazing. They are amazing. <clears throat> I am going to um, do what nobody wants to do. I got a question first. Can we bring the house lights up? I got a question. Like, what would it be like, um, it, you know, because I know that people feel like and get these things that come from the Lord and, and you're in... Or maybe it's just me. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But it's like, whenever we start singing, there's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like... Does anybody else want to just run down the aisle and start dancing down the aisle? There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God... So, I mean, what would it be like if we actually... What if, I mean, what would it be like? I mean, what would, what would it be like if we just, if we absolutely lifted off every single limitation that the enemy and the things of the world says that we should be ashamed of? And what if we just dropped the fear of man and sent it back to the pit? Help me, somebody. What, what would the church be like if we just, if we, I mean, what would, ha what would happen? Is there anybody in here that feels the same way? Hallelujah, hallelujah. And so my prayer is, and I mean, I want to tell you something else too. I know that we're, that, that in this place, it's like we need more freedom. And I feel, and I just want to tell you what, I mean, you know, I walk with the Lord and I'm telling you, I feel things and I see things that other people may not see or feel. So I have to ask you sometimes like, hey, do you feel this? Does this feel true to you? Because for me, like even yesterday, all day long, this may sound weird. I had a terrible taste in my mouth all day yesterday. 
and, and it was and it was the Lord. It was like this thing that was happening to Jerusalem. And I'm telling you, it was something that was happening and I could taste it. I was literally tasting this thing that was terrible to God. And God wanted me to begin to pray and to taste that thing with him. Anybody? Man, it was nasty. But in the same way, I'm just, I'm, that was, I probably shouldn't have let in with that. That's a little weird, I guess, probably. You know, like somebody give Pastor Brad a mint. In Jesus' name. But I also feel that, like, that, that this building, too, it, it, it's, it's constraining. You know what I mean? And there's this thing that, that, that you know, we, we, just, we, need, we need to continue to pray and believe that, listen, we're about to go in front of the, of the city and, we're, and, the, and the building's going to be approved. But, guys, we got to start praying and believing that God is going to give us more room. Can I get a witness? Because I'm telling you, there's people in this room, there's people. That's just cut out. Uh-huh. Thanks, Steve. No problem. Um, there, there are people, there, there I mean, just like the worship flags. I mean, I could just, and I listen, I love the worship. I love it. And I want more freedom. And I want people dancing. I want people to come down the aisles. I mean, this morning when I'm getting communion ready and there's like, there's like these little pieces of stuff all over the floor and all over communion. I'm like, praise God. But I mean, there's, we're, the God's going to give us more room, but we have to continue to just join him in that. Like God so wants us to burst like this flower. And we, and we have got to begin believing and praying and pressing in. Because we're about to get approval from the city. And when that happens, you know, I heard it even whenever uh, Jim was saying a minute ago, like Jesus is here, he's going to give us everything we need. Jesus is here. He's going to give us everything we need. Hey, I'm going to call our ushers. I'm going to take, uh, we're going to give our tithes and offerings, but I'm just going to take a moment to, to remind us that um, there might be a slide, too, for our meet and greet for our new middle school and high school uh, children's Meet Me Under the Pavilion. It's join us for a meet and greet with Ben and Jess. Hey, did y'all see Ben up there on the, on the drums this morning? Y'all encourage him. Hey, and listen... <laughs> If you see him, punch him in the arm and tell him to hit those drums, will you? Tell him, well, are we, we ain't afraid of those drums, are we? We ain't afraid. Hey, Ben, let them have it. Let them have it. I know you're trying to be easy on us, but let them have it. But, and if it gets too much, we'll let you know. But, but it's, there's going to be food and fun and games, fellowship. If you know anybody or if you have uh, middle schoolers, high schoolers, Come and there is going to be just some some uh, interaction, some vision casting, and God is about to do a, an awesome work. It's on October the twenty first from five to eight p.m. Uh, so please encourage Ben and Jess if you see them as well. Pray for them. The same thing. Let's pray. Let's come together in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. So Lord, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for the message. We thank you, Lord, for your um, for your time. We thank you, Lord, that you are here and you are ministering to us, Lord, that you are, Father, doing what you do. And Father, we just yield to your Holy Spirit this morning. Father, we thank you for every tithe, every offering. We thank you that we can give back. We willingly give, Father. The, the, the word says that you love a cheerful giver. So Father, we just proclaim that you are the giver of all great gifts, that all the things that come from 
from you, Lord. We thank you that you just bestow and, and just pour out from heaven, Lord, all of the blessings of heaven upon us. So, Father, we just thank you that your power, your provision, your protection, all of those things are ours. But, Father, we just give back a small piece, a small part. And, Father, we do it cheerfully. We do it, Lord, because we love you. We do it, Lord, because we believe. And, Father, we sow into the kingdom. And your word says that as we sow, that we will reap a harvest, that we will reap, Father, the things in the spirit. Father, give us eyes, give us ears. Just Father, just build us up so, so our faith would continue, Father, to grow. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray, and all God's people said, amen. So we have, um, look, there's online giving, if you know how to do that. Evidently, you can take a picture of this uh, QR code, and you can give that way as well. Um, I'm going to introduce, and, and I, um, now? Now? Hey, y'all, y'all encourage Jim and Pat. Come on. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Um. I just want to tell you that from afar, I'm just so proud to be all of your pastor and to be here in the house. And I just watch and see all the testimonies of people that are loving one another and spending time with each other and holding one another up and how you guys come together, how we have so many of you were able to go and see Jerry this week. And we just thank y'all. Thank you. Praise God for, come on, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. So, Lord, we just thank you for that. We just thank you for a community. Jim and Pat, come on. Come on. We said we want to come see y'all. We don't have to say anything. We don't, you know, we didn't really have anything planned. We just see what Jesus wants to do. So, I guess Jesus wants to do something. If not, we might as well say, let's go get dinner or lunch or whatever you call it. <laughs> so honestly, right now, we are kind of in the same place you are. What is going on? Because I want to tell you something. Well, you know what? We're going to do it. I just saw a prophetic act. Do you all know what prophetic acts are? It's when you do something in the natural to show something in the spiritual. And what I saw is you all are going to stand up and you're going to hold hands all, and you're going to form a circle around the outside of these chairs. And you're going to rebuild walls, spiritual walls that are being torn down between people, between churches, between you all. Okay? And so stand up. Come on. And get hold of hands. I want a complete circle all the way around. Jim's looking at me like, hey, I'm not doing this. You're doing it. (laughs) Can you stretch across the back there? Come on. Go on around. Y'all don't. Yeah, there we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. Come on. Keep going. All right. Hallelujah. All right. Y'all ready to do a repeat after me loudly? All right. Father God, we repent. For any place 
that we have given the enemy a place in our personal lives, in our family, in our church, and in our community that has allowed the enemy to get a foothold in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we declare we will put a guard around ourselves, our families, our church, our city. We will stand united in humility as servants, but as victors because of who you are. We renounce shame, intimidation, performance, and anything else that prevents you from being who you are through us. We declare we are in agreement with your spirit. And so we call into this house and every other house of the Lord that is willing to join in unity that you will fill the hearts, draw the lost, and heal the sick, and cast out the demons, and disciple this nation. In Jesus' name. I guess y'all could sit down now. Now, since y'all have taken a vow before the Lord of unity, there's something that is required of you, and that is to honor one another. Um, We have all been born into a nation that was created in rebellion, and nurtured on independence. And so we get to criticize the things we don't like. Do you know what happens when you're critical of another person? You create a demonic assignment, not only against them, but against yourself. Which is why the Lord says, I want you to love So you can keep the boogers away. But honoring someone requires a depth of character that most of us have not chosen to develop because we still think our opinion counts, not only in our own lives, but in the lives of other people. You and I have been raised in a a society that that says if I do right, everything will be right. And yet Jesus says, that's not quite right. Because he said, in this world, you have tribulation. Not will have, might have, possibly could have. 
you have. Which means if you do right and things go wrong, typically the way we interpret it is I've done something wrong. So there's this negative thing that the enemy wants us to consider and look at in each of our individual lives. And yet Jesus came and said, I'm come that you might have life and life abundant. And you can't get life out of looking at all of the negative things in your life. Jesus said, I have a commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. For many of us, we're going to have to figure out, understand, and actualize, how do I love me? Because you can't export what you don't have at home. Many of us grew up in homes where we were not really loved. We were tolerated. And as a consequence, we never saw it. And so when, you, when you're in relationship with other people, it's hard to model something you've never seen. And so what we wind up doing is we say, well, you know, if, if I were to be loved, that's how I would love other people. Not how it works. Because how I choose to be loved is basically selfishly motivated. Um, everybody has probably seen by now the love languages thing. And there's, there's significant value in it. But the reality is, Lord, you're going to have to teach me how to love me. Because if I can understand how to love me, I have a significant clue about how to love other people and not just put up with them as I've been doing. Okay? Because when I learn to love me, I am accepting of me. Most of us are not because we were not received when we were kids, so I felt like I had to be somebody else that was more acceptable, less whatever. And so the message that I've carried around for decades has been, I'm not enough somehow. In Matthew 18, Jesus says something very interesting. He says, unless you become as a little child, and turn, you'll not even be able to enter the kingdom of God. It's like, what does that mean? At a point for each one of us, we came to the position where we said, I got to grow up, I've got to become responsible. Nobody's going to come and build a platform of success under me, so I'm going to have to do it for myself. And when we did that, we left childhood behind. But 
there's some significant characteristics of childhood that you and I need to acquire, have, operate in, in order to enter into the kingdom of God. Consider this. What is one of the chief characteristics of a three or four year old child? They're fearless. Absolutely fearless. I wrote a book called um, <coughs> what was the name of it? Um, the Enemy Within. And it was on, on recovering from fear. And I was about, about at the end of writing it, and I thought, gosh, I made a mistake here. I just not sat down with the Lord and asked him to weigh in on this book. And so I said, Lord, would you, would you talk to me about fear? And he said, well, I'd really rather talk to you about courage because I didn't create you with fear. You learned it so you can unlearn it. That's what's happened to us as little kids, is we learn fear. For the most part, who taught it to us? It was our parents. <coughs> but that is one of those things that you and I need to reacquire, is fearlessness. One of the other things we have to reacquire is innocence. Innocence says everybody's okay. They can be my friend. I can trust people. I don't have to guard myself. And yet that's one of the most primal things that people do is I have to protect myself against people who potentially want to take advantage of me or harm me in some way. And in so doing, what we do is we build a whole set of rules and regulations about how to do that, how to avoid failure and protect myself. The problem with that is generally these rules and regulations that we choose to live by in order to remain safe are perfect, and I'm not. And so I live with a whole background of life of being frustrated that I'm unable to even keep up, live to my own expectations. Something a child cares nothing about. They don't care how they look, if their hair is combed or if their clothes are clean or even what they smell like. They just want to know can I play with my friends today? Can we do something exciting? Can we get involved in things? You see, as adults, we've lost that. We've given it away. And the Lord is saying, this is part of life. This is why I came. You don't have to live under all of these restrictions that you have imposed upon yourself or allowed society to impose upon you. I mean, you start looking at all of the characteristics of a child and it's like, where, 
Where did they go? You know, Pat and I have lived in all kinds of different places. And the one regret that we have is we've been so focused on work, so focused on even ministry, that we never took advantage of many of the aspects of that community. The things God put there for us to enjoy. Why? Because we've prioritized work, provision, survival. What is one of the most driving characteristics of a, of a child that's not readily apparent necessarily? They don't worry who's going to feed them. They don't worry about being self they don't worry about where they're going to lay their head at night or what they're going to eat or what they're going to drink. You know, that's an interesting thing. Matthew chapter 6 seems to touch on that. <laughs> so it's this place of, of Lord, I need to reacquire the characteristics of a little child. Now one of the interesting things about that verse is if you look in the Greek, the definition of that phrase, little child, is infant. One who is totally dependent upon their parents for everything. When did we choose to be so independent that I cannot depend upon the Lord to provide what he's promised in his word for us. See, there has to be this place for each and every one of us on a continuing basis. Most of us came to the Lord at salvation through some difficulty the realization that I have the Midas touch in reverse. Everything I touch goes to pot. And so I can't help myself. I have to surrender to you. I submit to you this morning that the Christian life has to become a day after day after day surrender like the first day so that we can become once again totally dependent upon our Father and that I can come to him and say Lord where did I give up these characteristics of a little child how come I'm not living the fullness of life how come I'm so critical? Not only of myself, but other people. Where have I built walls? Barriers to keep people out that I presume are going to hurt me. And have wound up being isolated and disconnected from community. 
us. We want to blame society. We want to blame COVID and all of that stuff for changing things. You and I don't have to bow to that stuff. But I am going to have to bow to the one who can change it for me. We have to want to become his little children again so that we can enter the kingdom of heaven. Father, we just come before you today and say, we're tired of being grown-ups. We're tired of having to be responsible. We're tired of trying to make everything work and have it only work so well. Lord, I ask for your great grace for all of us, myself included, to recapture the characteristics of childhood. That I can walk in that place of trusting and trusting you completely. That I can indeed once again be fearless. Not have to self-protect not have to carry the whole responsibility for myself and everybody around me. Not take myself so seriously that I can gaze upon you, my Father, knowing that I'm loved, that I'm secure, I'm safe, I'm provided for. And that everything I need is in you. Father, I bless every person in this room to recover the childhood they walked away from. That they can once again experience the fullness of life that you came to provide us all. And we can enjoy it together. And this I ask precious name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen and amen. We are, Shane, what time is it right now? I just want to read a couple of scriptures um, that I just know, like it's not by chance that the Lord has been speaking this to me, and I just want to read it to you. Um, I think that we have them up there, but I'm just going to read Matthew chapter 7. Um, I'm going to start at verse 24. Matthew 7, verse 24, and it's the, it's the, um, It's the invitation, and it's the invitation that Jesus gives at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, but it's also an invitation for us this morning. So as we begin to get ready to exit, I want to invite you as Jesus invited the world. It says, "There, therefore, say that word with me, therefore. therefore. 
everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell and the rivers rose and the winds blew and pounded the house, but it did not collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act upon them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the rivers rose and the winds blew and pounded that house and it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash. This morning, um, Shannon, I'm going to get you to come up and and pray us out of here with me. Um, I'll shift over. <clears throat> I just want to invite you this morning um, just to examine. Let's just bow our heads for a moment as we get ready to exit. And this is just the invitation that Jesus gave to um, to all of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, all the religious leaders, all the people, there were, there were literally hundreds and hundreds of people surrounding him as he taught on the, at the Sermon on the Mount. And, and this is the end of that teaching. And his invitation is, is it's deep. There's a, even the things before that. It starts with therefore because there's a lot of it before that where it talks about away from me, I never knew you, that we could get to heaven. And there's a place where we could get to heaven and Jesus would, would de- we would be denied because he never knew us. See, this invitation this morning and this invitation that Jesus gives is not just an invitation to say a prayer or, to, or even to just nod your head and say, yes, I do know that Jesus lived and that maybe even Jesus died and acknowledging Jesus. That's not the invitation. Can you say that with me? That's not the invitation. That is not the invitation. The invitation is not a nod or even a prayer. It's an invitation to build our lives on the rock. That we would be houses of prayer. That we would be houses of fasting. That we would be houses of forgiveness. Just as Jim preached and and taught this morning that we would be houses of love, houses of understanding, that we wouldn't be houses of judgment, that we would look inward and not outward, that we would look at our own pole in our own eye before we began to remove the speck from our brother's eye, that we would go the extra mile, that we would build our lives upon Jesus, that we would build our lives upon the truth. You know, it's even in that that we begin to understand that when it tells us to put on the full armor of God, that every piece is Jesus, that every piece is Jesus, the, the belt that everything's attached to is the truth, and the truth is Jesus. 
that the breastplate of righteousness is Jesus. He's the new plumb line, as it says in Isaiah. The helmet of salvation, that salvation is Jesus. The, the peace, as it even teaches about that in this, in this invitation this morning. This is an invitation that you would walk in peace and you would know peace. That you wouldn't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving that we would bring our request to God and he would guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus that these things would be given to us. Thank you, Jesus. peace, Lord, that comes from you. I just pray that it washes over everyone in this room. That your grace and your mercy would fall, Lord, on every heart. we would be able to not take ourselves so seriously, that would we would be able to love those parts of us that we shut down. That we would trust you, Jesus, our rock, our strong tower, our fortress. I pray, Lord, that the only place that would be fortified in us would not be against others, but we would be fortified in you. So this morning we're going to just end with a simple prayer. And many of you have been saved for years. Some of you have only been in church a minute. Some of you uh, maybe have never given your life to the Lord. Maybe there's people in this room that have never <clears throat> fully trusted and surrendered. Not just a prayer, but a life. Maybe today is the day that you would pray and you would say, Lord, today is the day that I want to begin to build my life and my house on the rock. I'm just going to ask you to pray with me. Even if you've been saved for years, let's circle all the way back around to that place. Can you remember the place where you were when you got saved? Can you remember the place that you were when you realized that you were a sinner in need of a savior? Like a child that said, you know what? I need a father. Because I'm not, I can't do this on my own.
maybe today is a day and I know it it's something we say in church a lot but it, but that we could rededicate our life today with no shame just like a child it's like I you know I can even see as Jim t- taught that you know like these kids these kids that are standing around waiting to be picked for the ball game and and Jesus is in this room right now and he's saying that every one of you've been chosen he's picking every one of you and it's like that place as a child, you just move forward. You walk forward and you're like, man, I just got chosen. I'm, in the, I'm coming in. I'm, I'm, I'm going to play in the game. That's you this morning. That you could just receive it this morning and say, you know what, Lord? Maybe there's things in my life that I haven't been walking with you in. Maybe there's things in my life that are clutter or maybe there's things even that I have worldly desires even as the teaching of the Sermon on the Mount says that we wouldn't store up for ourselves on this earth but we would store up for ourselves treasures in heaven maybe even that's part of the prayer this morning that you would say you know what Lord I'm tired of the worldly stuff but today today can you say that with me today Today, Lord, I build my life on you. And I don't know what storm you're going through this morning. I don't know how hard it's raining or how much the wind is blowing in your life right now. But I can guarantee you one thing. If you're not in a storm now, there's one coming. But the scripture says that when we build our house... We build our house on him. We will be safe because he is mighty to save. So just pray with me. Father, today I give my life to you fully trusting I trust you to provide for me I trust you Lord to protect me Lord I trust you with every part in the good and the bad And Lord, today I say yes to a life with you. They say in, in the word, in the scriptures, it says that if you pray that prayer, that there is a party in heaven and they're cheering for you today. Can we cheer with them? Come on. Can we cheer with them? Yeah. Yeah. So there's going to be some uh, folks up here. I'm sure that Jim and Pat will be around. 
But if you'd like to receive prayer, our worship team will continue to, to play. I'm going to tell you that right now that you're dismissed, but you don't have to leave. If you need to go get kiddos, you can get kiddos. If you need prayer, you can come forward and receive prayer. If you want to just come and share your heart, come and share your heart. We love you. It's a privilege to be your pastors. Be blessed.